it's Tom Panos here. I've got Nick Renner, the number one lister for Hocking Stewart for over a decade at his office here in Bentley in Victoria. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. Okay, I was really pumped. I saw you at Eric speak about databasing. Fantastic talk. And today we're going to be able to drill down for our viewers. And there's uh, thousands of agents around Australia that aren't in Melbourne that may not know of you or weren't at Eric. Can you give me the background to Nick Renner and real estate? Um, how long have you been in the business? Uh, I've been in the business now for 17 years. Um, I started off by selling uh, rural property down the peninsula and then made my way up this way. Um, and been in Bentley now for probably about a good 14, 14 years, about 17. Okay, and out of those 17 years, how many years have you been an owner? An owner, probably about uh, 14 years. Okay, and we spoke yesterday and you indicated that even though you're an owner, you see yourself as being a sales agent, you list and sell, that's what you love doing and that's what you do most of your time. Yeah, that's. I don't, have, I don't run the business, I have a general manager that runs the business and... I just find listing and selling is what I love to do, so I've just made that decision that that's where I'm going to be. Okay. Um, what makes you so good that in a good group like Hot and Stewart, that for 10 years in a row, you've been able to be the top lister? What is it that means that you've got that sustainable behaviour of getting that result? I think uh, a lot of it comes down to work ethic as well, uh, but it's also just understanding that in this game that you need... To have your sort of fingers in a lot of pies, right. and that is different areas of um, of getting leads or lead generation, and I understood that very early on, and that's just been able to feed me. So I've always felt real estate agents tend to um, you've got to fight for your thirty to forty listings a year. Um, I want to be able to do that, but I also want 50, 60, 70 sort of coming to me. Uh, not having to fight for them as much. So okay, so when we talk about the various lead sources. Can you give me an example of your main lead sources that you use at the moment to get you in the door? Yeah, probably my, my main one is databasing and then you get referral. It's amazing, I get more referral from people, or I get more business from people not on my database than the people that are on my database. But speaking to your database, then they end up speaking to their friends and then I get referred a lot. The other one is probably developers as well. Um, we deal a lot with developers here and not talking apartments or anything like that, just you know, one or two townhouses here or there. Um, so that's another big source, and also advocates and solicitors. Um, What's an advocate? Advocates, um, so we have a lot of vendor advocates or buyer advocates around here, and uh, particularly the vendor advocates, where they'll call in three or four real estate agents. For some of them, I'm their favourites. For some of them, I'll probably never get their business, but I'll still get called into it, but I service them very well. So every year I'll send them a Christmas gift, even if I haven't worked with them before. Uh, also the same with all the solicitors in the area. I'm always trying to be pretty high on gifts and communication with them too. So I treat I treat them as a listing. So I, I will still contact them. They'll be on my database just to let them know I'm still alive. So Okay. Something profound that you've said there is even though you work your database, you pick up a lot of referrals from people that are on your database of people that aren't on your database that list with you. Correct, yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that concept because you are known in Australia as being um, a database king. That was what your message Eric was. Yep. Um, let's talk about it. It's an interesting subject because there's a lot of vagueness about it. There's a lot of, oh, oh is it the system? Is it the process? Is it the person? Um, how often do you speak to them? Can we just break into it? To you, what is the key 
issue with databasing and real estate? It's just communication. You know, I think if you any survey that you did with any seller uh, or buyer, it's just about communication. It's about maintaining that as and keep that the communication as high as possible, uh, but also good communication. Um, you know, not. It's not necessarily ringing them up saying, have you got a house to sell? It's, it's just ringing up to see how their life's going, you know, what they're up to. And, um, you know, if you're thinking about anything, just I'm here for you. Um, right. Help. So we talked about yesterday, you do a settlement call. Yep. Um, what's a settlement call? A oh, settlement call is really easy. It's just I think when real estate agents sell property, they tend to forget um, the process after the sale. So on settlement day, I'll always ring the buyer and the seller. Uh, just to wish them the best, but also to let them know that I'm here if they need anything. Uh, anniversary calls is the big one, so anybody that's bought off me um, will always get a yearly call. Anyone that's sold through me will always get a yearly call on the date that they sold the property or bought the property. The actual day? Yeah. Okay. Um, can I ask, what do you say to them? Oh, it's just an easy call. It's just like, hi, oh, Mr and Mrs Smith, it's Nick from Hocking Stewart. Um, can't believe it's been four years since you purchased five Jones Street off me. I uh, just want to ring up and see how the family's going, hope it's all going well, you've settled in great, how the kids, um, and if there's anything you need, I'm here for you. Do you send anything by email to your database? Uh, yes, so every month uh, we send a monthly newsletter out. Uh, that's via email. Uh, but also, not everyone, well, I have about a 75% capture rate, so the other 25% would get a printed newsletter sent out. Right. A bit old school, but still I think the communication is important. Uh, I guess being in real estate for 17 years, email didn't exist when we yeah. first started. Um, also, we have a CMA report that goes out um, to all the anniversary uh, calls. So anyone that has bought over, off me over the last 17 years on their anniversary, they also receive a market update with all the sales that have occurred in that suburb right. uh, in their price bracket. Um, and um, yeah, that's Okay, can I ask the, so what's a CMA report look like? A CMA report, let's say for example a, a, a buyer bought a property office in Bentley um, and it's a house. Uh, it, basically it's all the sales that all the agents have had in that suburb for the last six months. Yeah. Uh, has a picture, has a, um, a detail of what the property was land size um, but it's great I think that I get a really good response out of that so when I make the anniversary call so I, re- I, le- I get them to receive that report before I make the call right. so they might receive that on Monday but I will call them on say Tuesday or Thursday and it's really easy because when I make the call they'll ring up and say hey I received your report that was awesome um, and it sort of just breaks the ice a bit. Okay Nick um, have you got help in terms of an assistant in this database world that you operate in? Oh, absolutely. I have a full-time lady that works for me, uh, but I've got 3,000 on my database, so it's hard to manage. But um, I said in ARIC, um, I don't believe you necessarily need a PA. I think what's important is you get someone in that manages that database and updates it and takes care of it for you. Um, and that can be done ex- externally, depending on the size of your database. So if you've got 500 on your database, you may need to employ someone for half a day a week. Um, if you've got a 1,000 on your database, it might be one day a week. And what are they doing? They're, they're sending stuff out, but they're also cleaning the database? They clean the database, they update it. So every time I speak to somebody, I'm a very manual guy, so I write on the back of the sheets. So they print the sheets off for me. Uh, they prepare all my calls, so all the anniversary calls, settlement calls, database calls, they're all um, allocated for me for the week, and they're just in plastic um, folders. Yeah. So I allocate time. I just literally pick up the plastic folder and ring that data, uh, ring those uh, sheets, and they just update it. Uh, they send all the newsletters out. 
Um, they organise all the CMA reports. That's a big job. Um, so they're their three main jobs, really. It's the newsletter, uh, CMA report, and uh, preparing my calls. Your, your business unit, your team, you've got two people that work for you? Or? Correct, yeah. So I, I have an a, a admin assistant. She's been with me for about 14 years. Um, and I just have a database manager. Right. Yeah. She's full-time. And she's full-time, yeah. Okay. Um, and by the sounds of it, you've structured your life where you're doing listing presentations, you're doing your database nurturing calls, prospecting calls, conversations, you have vendor meetings. Yes. Um, what other things take up your life in real estate? Uh, really, when I'm in, I'm in. It's, uh, it's a pretty full week. Um, it, it'll just be uh, prospecting that'll be allocated. Yes, you're right. Most of it's uh, appraisals. Um, and um, vendor meetings is another one open for inspections of course so that's pretty much all I do we do do some sales training in there but that might only be an hour a week okay Um, can I ask you do you work hard? Uh, I do work exceptionally hard I think there's there's two ways you can work it hard um, or you can define hard Uh, hours I do work some Serious hours, um, say eight o'clock till you know. Sometimes eight thirty, nine o'clock, but sometimes it might be earlier than that. Uh, but I think what I define as hard is when I'm in, I'm in. I don't waste a lot of time uh, when I'm in. I think real estate agents think about real estate a lot, or they think about prospecting a lot, and not actually do. But I don't really waste any time during the day at all. Um, when I'm in, I'm in. So okay. Um... Next question is that you work six days or five days? Uh, I work probably five and a half days a week. Yeah, so you I have an afternoon. I, I take uh, half a Friday off and Sunday. If I haven't got sometimes I have auctions on Sundays, but uh, and we don't work Sundays. You do your own auctions, correct? Yeah, and I do the auctions for the sales team. But we've got four really good auctioneers, uh, but I do the majority. Yeah. Okay. In your time as a principal, an owner and also as a salesperson in your business, you see people come and go. What do you notice, Nick, about people that are successful? Can you define some characteristics of the successful ones? Yeah, I think it's just one thing in this game. It's just discipline. I think there's a a very big difference between the good quality agents and ones that tend to hover around the same sort of area for many years. Um, And it's just purely discipline. Because let's be... You know, let's be honest, prospecting, I don't enjoy it, but it's just part of the job, that's what you've got to do. Um, but most people will try and stay away from that sort of stuff and or do things that um, they prefer to do and leave the stuff that was probably more important, the hard stuff, that tends to get left behind a little bit. But how do you, how do you, stay, how do you stay motivated? Like, you know, 15 years, to know that part of your job is to actually ring people up, make a call... You're not going to get rewarded for it there and then. I mean, very rarely do you ring up Correct. and people say, I'm glad you called because we've been thinking about listing in the next week. Yep. How do you stay motivated, Nick, year in, year out, to actually make those calls? Uh, I just think that's the competitiveness in us. You know, I, my motivation is, is having the office in a position of strength and I understand my role in that and also the sales team's role is we've just got to do the hard stuff. Because if you don't do the hard stuff, we're just not going to be in that fortunate position. And it's not saying that position's easy because everyone's chomping at your heels, but at the same time, it's where we always want to be. And I think we just have a common goal with that. And I think that 
is the motivation to to get in and do it well, right? As opposed to just get in and you know dabble. Time. Yeah, dabble. Yeah, good. All right. Um, you're pretty fit. You're, yep. We've well, talked about uh, exercise. If you're working eight till seven and those sorts of hours, yeah. Um, and you, you're married or... You're married, two kids, yeah. Two kids, how old are they? Uh, four and a half and seven. Okay, so Nick, explain how that works. Uh, husband, father, business owner, um, getting some me time. When, when, do you, like, when do you exercise? Oh, uh, look, I, um, I'm a cyclist, so I might cycle three times a week, sometimes, sometimes more, um, but that's, that happens really early in the morning. It's, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, we're sort of home by seven, kids are up have a bit of time with the kids in the morning before they head off to school. Uh, I hit the gym a fair bit, pretty much most days, but I generally do that around about 3 o'clock. Yeah. Um, and I try and get in and out pretty quick, because I just find 3 o'clock's a really awkward time to make phone calls, because you've got school pick-up, um, so, and the gym's pretty quiet at that time. So that's generally the time that I try and fit my fitness in. And what do you do after the gym? You come back to work? Oh, straight to work, yeah. So um, I'll be in and out of the gym. It'll be a pretty quick workout, it'll be 45 minutes, so... Quick shower. I'm pretty. I don't have hair to sort of do or anything like that. So it's in and out of the gym. So you you, you find that doing that, uh, Nick, um, helps you get through the rest of the day. Oh, can I tell you, it breaks it up beautifully. So if I've got a really long day, um, if I've got appraisals, you know, all through the night, whatever, um, it freshens me up a little bit. So which is good. okay. I want to ask you about listing presentations. Yeah. Are you you're, you're you're the best lister in Hocking Stewart? Yeah. So, to me, there are two parts to a listing presentation. Number one is to actually be there, yeah. and number two is to actually get it once you're there. Yeah. You appear to be pretty good at getting there because you've got a number of sources we talked about that are giving you the opportunity. Yeah. Um, can we talk about once you're there, are you, have you got a good conversion rate of people listing with you once you're at the house? Uh, pretty good conversion rate. Um... Try not to read into it too much. It's just really focusing more on the client. And I think where real estate agents get caught up, they worry too much about other agents and everything else, whereas I'm really just focused on the client and what they want. But it's also understanding who you're talking to, I think. Um, try not to do the same presentation to, this, to you know, different people because some people are business people, some people you know, don't want to hear the spiel. Um, you just got to try and understand pretty quickly on... Um, who you're speaking to and how they want uh, the presentation to go or how they want that appointment to go. Okay, so it's intuition, perception of picking up the person and talking their way. Do you think that that's something people are born with or is that something that you've got better with? Oh, it's something I've gotten better with. Um, but you can work it out fairly quick walking through the home. I mean, that's a completely different session, I think. But... You know, finding out what they do for work is, is, is a really good one. Uh, you know, if you're dealing with, like, an accountant or a teacher, you want it to be fairly detailed. If you're dealing with a business owner, it's, it's a pretty quick appointment. Um, if you're dealing with, you know, really social people, it's a, a real chatty appointment. Right. Um, and it's just trying to work out that. And, um, and, and that's not always easy to work out. But at the same time, you, you know, you just can't present the same way as you, as you do... For, to one person, to everyone, because I think everyone's just different. It's just trying to be a chameleon, I think. Okay, so do you go to, uh, typically, um, if you haven't had much to do with the people, is it a two-stage listing presentation? Correct, yeah. So what's the first one look like? 
First one's really the, the walk through the home, uh, trying to get a bit of rapport, trying to work out their plans and their timing, uh, which most real estate agents uh, would do, finding out what's important to them, um, and then really that sets up for me for the next appointment on how I present and what I present, um, you know, what sort of schedules we have, uh, making sure that we sort of fit in with what their plans are. Um, some agents um, go in and close to the business on that second appointment, um, others don't. What's your approach? Uh, I find a lot of the times if you haven't closed, if they're sellers, if you haven't closed on the second appointment, you're in trouble. Right. Um, even though, even if they've got agents coming back, you just, I think you're in a bit of trouble. You, you know? ask for the business? Uh, I do. I'm not a hard closer. I'm not a bulldog. Um, but, you know, if, I, if I'm feeling it, if I feel like... Uh, if, 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 if you feel like we were getting on yeah. and you could have that energy level that, you know, it feels right, what... What's something that you'd say to me to, to, to move me to that next level? Uh, well, the first question I'd ask before we presented the report on the second appointment uh, would be, are you leaning towards anybody at this stage? And, you know, sometimes they might say, yeah, we're leaning towards you or it's out of you and whoever. Um, I really just want to find that out just so I know how I'm going to present. Um, halfway, you know, halfway through, you know, if I feel things are going well, I'll just say, look, are you comfortable with Hockham Stewart? Are you comfortable with me handling the sale? And or are you comfortable working towards this date? Um, and just judging by their responses. But um, if you're trying to push a close when the close isn't there, I think you, you put yourself on the back foot. You might not have been on the back foot, but uh, you're putting yourself on the back foot. So it's really just reading the client. And... Okay, so you're getting little yeses along the way, um, noticing if there's a big resistance with something that's said, and by the sounds of it, the listing more or less closes itself if you're having these minor yeses. Correct. I think I'm always trying to look for, um, oh, what's the word for it? Um, I really am trying to see those little yeses and get those little confirmations during the, the appraisal. You know, does it make sense to you? Would you agree? Um, you know, just... Yeah, Very question-based, your presentation? Uh, it is, the first one is, yeah. The second one is really just explaining the process to them. I think gone are the days where owners want to see the agent beating their chest. It's really, they want the agent, they want to know what the process is about, they want to know what the communication's about, uh, they want to know that you're on their side. Um, and if you just lay that out for them, and I, I think it's a lot better than saying, we're better than them, we get better prices than them, and you know, I think those days are gone. I think now it's all about how you're gonna make this process simple. And I've always believed the agent that simplifies the process is the agent that'll list the property in most, in most. Right. All right, Nick. Finally, I want to ask you, 17 years down the track, you started at age 23. If you were meeting you at age 23, yeah. what would you say to yourself about real estate? Um, I'd say listen more. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a couple of young guys now, and, um, and they're, they're going to be superstars. Um, but, yeah, it's about listening more. I think I was an eager real estate agent. But then, you know, you sort of feel like you know a bit after a little while. And I don't think you ever learn too much in this business. I think it's, it's, it's just opening up and taking on new things. And that's why Eric and training is important. Because it's not about, you know, a lot of the times you might hear the same thing, but it's about reminding you of things that you may have left behind and they need to be regurgitated. You know, yeah. it's, I think, you know, it's one of those businesses that you just can't stop learning. It's good. All righty. Uh, guys and girls, that's been Nick Renner, um, outstanding stuff, talking about multiple sources of lead generation, talking about being uh, a good listener, uh, uh, 
talked about empathy, talked about his stay in touch strategy, which uh, means that uh, you'll get listings and referrals from it. Great stuff. Nick Renner from Hocking Stewart at Bentley. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom.